Welcome to episode 6 of Geo's Reviews, the interview podcast. This was an interview conducted with one of the admins of Wikipedia, the Star Wars Wiki. It was quite an interesting interview, and I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Now, welcome to episode 6 of Geo's Reviews, the interview podcast. Today, my guest is SE, one of the site administrators for Wikipedia. So how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, and yourself? Oh, I can't complain. Can't complain. So, uh, so you know, you said you were a site administrator for Wikipedia. So, for people who don't necessarily know what that means, can you explain your role at Wikipedia and what you have to do? So, what it is is so someone who is classified as a site administrator on Wikipedia. It, it all that essentially means is I have access to a few more buttons than say the average user who has just joined us. Um, by and large, my role is the same as any other user. Um, I help update content, um, help with site maintenance tasks, um, identify and eliminate vandalism, plus just those couple extra buttons. Yeah. So what would you say your favorite thing about being a site administrator at Wikipedia is? For me personally, I'm very much a numbers and analytics person. So for me, it's getting to see kind of what's trending behind the scenes, um, what's getting the most views, what's maybe under trending, based on what my projections are, that sort so of thing. You, so you have like projections about what you think certain pages are gonna be at certain times. Yeah, so what I'll do is like, say with Obi-Wan Kenobi coming up, for example, um, mentally I'll kind of have a little running prediction of what articles are going to trend. Um, and surprisingly enough, it's Obi-Wan is not trending. Really, that's, that's interesting, I think. I guess maybe that's due to the fascination with other characters and such, like the Inquisitorious. I never knew that they were called the Inquisitorious, you know, that group. And I was like, oh yeah, they're just the Inquisitors and such. I didn't know there was such a background behind it. Surprisingly enough, that actually trends with what I've seen with like other show releases is people tend to not necessarily go for the main characters. Like everyone knows who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. Nobody really knows who the Inquisitorious is. So Obi-Wan is like the number seven viewed page in the last month compared to the Inquisitorious. Which I think was two, right? Uh, yeah, so Inquisitorious is two right after our main page, which is always number one, just by virtue of the fact it's where visitors land when they arrive on the site. Yeah, I always find that interesting how the main page is number one, because I'm the type of person who searches up you know, a certain thing, and then that Wikipedia, that specific Wikipedia page will come up. I never really go to the main <laughs> page. I'm always fascinated that people actually go there and just don't search up something because typically Wikipedia will be the first thing that shows up for anything Star Wars related. Yeah, especially if you're going through Google, we tend to be, we tend to rank very high when it comes to search engine optimization. So we're typically like the top five, if not the number one search result. Yeah, I think you typically, the only times you would be displaced is like, either the Star Wars website or, or like a, Wiki, a Wikipedia link. Yeah, that seems to be kind of be the only one is if, or if it's something like big that's released, sometimes we'll get outranked by like, um, by like a breaking news article. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you mentioned fascinating trends and such. This year, if you had to just say a random question, what would be the most, I guess, puzzling trending page you saw? Oh, uh, if we're going to go with... Mm. Puzzling is a little hard, but let me see if I still have access to it here. Um, I think the thing that entertained me most personally was um, when Book of Boba Fett came out. Mm -hmm. um, Chrysanthemum actually ended up beating the main page by 
a massive amount of views. Really? And it was kind of just one of those things where it's like, I expected one of the kind of ancillary characters to take the number one spot. Didn't expect it by that much. Yeah, I wonder if that's maybe because people didn't know how to spell his name, so they just put it in Google and hope for the best. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's cool because that's a comic book character who made it over to the main, um, you know, the main continuity. Well, not, I don't want to say the main continuity, but an actual show, because going from comics to a show is a big step up. We can only hope then that uh, someone will notice how successful Persantan was and maybe say bring in Afra. Oh, yeah, if they could, you know, Dr. Afro show written by Alyssa Wong would be amazing. I would love that just for by virtue of the fact I could then ping Alyssa and be like, hey, your baby made it. Yeah, it's just Afro is one of those characters who really took on a life of their own after the Disney takeover. It's like one of those characters, you know, those side characters who are like, oh, they're now successful and such. And then they got two comic runs of their own. <laughs> And Alyssa's just done such a fantastic job with the character. I mean, it's a character that, like, I've heard a lot of people talk about how they relate to the character and how they kind of see a bit of themselves in it, which is especially, like, it's just so important for people to be able to see a representation of themselves in popular media. Yeah, because Afro's one of those characters who, well, by virtue of their new, they don't have a certain sort of regality or scene. You have Leia, Luke, Lando, all those characters from the original trilogy, that sort of time period. They're like, oh, those were in the movies and stuff. They're like, they're on pedestals. Not that Afra, well, Afra isn't going on a pedestal. She's new. She's like completely different than those characters. She's gritty. She's chaotic. She's, I dare even say, a bit more human. She's just very in tap with her emotions. She really is. She really is. I think chaotic is probably the best way to describe, uh, to describe Afra. She's just she knows who she is, she owns it, she accepts it, and she just, at the expense of all others, she does it. Yeah, and Alyssa Wong does a great job of truly showing that. Not that Sai Spurrier didn't, but I think that it just sort of coincides with Alyssa's personality a bit too well. <laughs> so it's just like, Alyssa just writes herself in Star Wars, and there you go. Honestly, yeah, and and um, the character of Afra really is just a good, perfect representation of, uh, of Alyssa Wong. Yeah, and I can only hope that we'll get more. I mean, I can't imagine they cancel it, but yeah, it's just some, a great run. But some of the current comic series that are going on, like the Doc, Darth Vader one, I'm like, I don't get how that one sells so well every month because it's just <laughs> sort of a, a giant mess. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I giant... personally, I personally, oh, aside from the fact that it's causing us so many updates, the amount of stuff coming out, it makes it very difficult for anyone to try and keep up to date on anything mm -hmm. but i think people will never get tired of watching darth vader just you know kick ass yeah and then well i think a lot of people that at least in my sort of um social media twitter higher public realm sort of like ochi in it because he's just hilarious the way it, i said this before and i'll say it again cancel the darth vader on which they'll never do because ochi of best dunes not a big of the main <laughs> character but just give greg pack the ochi series and have someone else write vader because he doesn't write vader well and he doesn't do the whole um he, he the events and the arcs that he does are not good but god damn he writes ochi extremely well let's have ochi pop and be like i'm ochi of bestoon yeah and it, it's interesting seeing more and more um, writers because sort of Greg Pak sort of established who Ochi was because in Rise of Skywalker, he was a, he didn't say have any words. He looked like a creep. That's it. He looked like an orange corpse. 
<laughs> with no eyes. And then Greg made them all hilarious and chaotic, sort of like Afra, but like worse. <laughs> and then, you know, slight spoilers. Well, yeah, I can say tiny bit of spoilers for um, Shadow of the Sith. Adam Christopher seeing him right like Ochi like that. So interesting because it's always a bit more jarring in a like a reading medium as opposed to a you know comic medium with yeah. art and such because um renee or i forget his last name for who does the darth vader art um draws og so well you know he just always has a hilarious <laughs> pose on him he really just nails that uh, that kind of character expression too. He's just he's just that perfect kind of facial expression to go with just that perfect dialogue. Yeah, and it's interesting because you have Darth Vader who's like dead. He doesn't make any facial expressions. He's got the <laughs> mask on, and then you have Ochi who makes all the facial expressions in the world and has the weird alien face to go with it. <laughs> and yet, despite that, you still know the entire time exactly what Darth Vader's facial expression would be if just you could scowling the whole time. You just know exactly what it's going to be. Like, I don't know if you've read the most recent issue that came out last week. I haven't, no. Um, right. A couple of us yeah, were just in, a couple of us were in LA for the for a couple of days. So most, yeah. we're still kind of, I, I personally, and I know a few other people, we're still, we're still kind of catching up on sleep and just trying to like. Yeah, your, your voice. And kinda, yeah. Like that. <laughs> so yeah, I won't spoil it, but there's moments like, oh my, well, there's actually a ton of moments in this most recent, um, um, so most recent issues with Sabe come back. I just, I'm trying to imagine, like, is he gritting his teeth underneath there? Is he, like, <laughs> thinking of Padme the entire time? It's just, like, there's so many thoughts that have to be going under there. And it's weird because I saw a tweet earlier today, and it's so strong to think about. But in this run, Darth Vader's, like, um, like 45 or something, and then Kenobi's, like, 33 or, or some sort of age in that range. And it's, like... <laughs> can you really imagine Darth Vader at any other age but 100 or something? Like, old, old, <laughs> and he's like, this dude's doing his young and old phase. It's just like, how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's it's weird to think about like that. It's truly weird. But, um, yeah, so my next question is, you mentioned, you know, analytics and stuff like that. So what are some of the things that people don't reel up realize like the work that goes into sort of keeping a wiki up to date and keeping it going especially a very big wiki like wikipedia because it's a very big wiki wiki god i'm gonna i'm gonna confuse that <laughs> so much wiki wiki it just tongue ties you time to start sending time to time for me to start pinging fandom staff and be like it's now called a wiki not a wiki um <laughs> I think probably the biggest thing is just how much day-to-day -day updating goes into uh, keeping anything up to date. Like on an average day, we have upwards of probably 50 plus users that are updating or editing some sort of content in some form or another. Um, over the course of a month, you're looking at probably a couple hundred, both logged in and logged out users. Um, like in a single day, you're looking at, um, where was the actual number? Uh, thousands of edits per day. Um, some to do with maintenance tasks, some to do with updating stuff from new releases. Um, and especially when you get like, say a series like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you have you know, dozens of character articles per episode just on that alone that needs to be updated. Yeah, because it's interesting. People just think, and I'm included on this, that a wiki just exists, that you know, there's people that edit, but they don't realize all the behind the scenes work 
that goes on behind it, keeping it up to date. No, and it really is. There's just so much. Like, for example, like just to give you an idea of some of the more minute kind of background stuff. Um, so a couple months back, Fandom introduced um, a dark mode, which has been fantastic on my eyesight. <laughs> um, but for the amount of stuff that needs to be adjusted behind the scenes um, for something like that, like well, templates need to be updated. Um, images need to be dark modified. Um, I've got a script running right now that's fixing about fixing some links on about 1500 pages just to remove one small snippet of code that was leaving a white box around a template. Um, mm -hmm. It's just kind of those little things that people just kind of take for granted just it gets done. But no, that's all, that's somebody doing that in the background. Yeah, I mean, wow, I didn't even, you know, think of it like that because, you know, people <laughs> think of wiki admin sort of in the sense that they just sort of like, okay, that person makes an update, approved, that person makes an update, approved, sort of, or that person makes an update, rejected, that sort of deal. They don't realize all the work that goes into it. No, and the thing is, then, because it's, it's a site that, it, like, and this is both Wiki, Wikipedia and for any other um, fandom hosted wiki site, it's it's something anyone can edit. It's not uh, a matter of, say, something being approved or rejected. It's just if you want to join an edit, you can. There's no there's no barriers to prevent that. And especially because, you know, the quote-unquote fandom menace and such, they want to, I'm sure you deal with a lot of people who just absolutely slaughter articles just for the fun of it, just because they, they hate this new episode or they hate the show so they just delete all of it or you know mess it all up and stuff like that surprisingly not as much as you may think um i think by and large the vast majority of the fandom are just very pleasant people that just want to enjoy this universe with people who are like-minded but you get those kind of you get those outliers outliers that are just maybe louder and more prominent than those mm -hmm. um than the ones that are just enjoying it yeah especially because you know the high public fandom it was such a breath of fresh air that everyone's so positive like you have this tight-knit community where you can engage with the authors you can talk with them you can experience the highs and lows with them it, it, it was very jarring when I first joined the fandom I was like because at first I thought it was very taboo like Kevin Scott answered my question the first question I had was <laughs> was Life Day Treasure going to be on Kindle because that was I'm a big Kindle guy so I like all my books digitally and I was like oh wow that's weird it's not available to pre-order. So I asked him, I was like, holy kind of crap. He responded and he's like, yeah, no. I was <laughs> like, okay, wow. And then he retweeted my review when I put that up. I was like, okay, that's weird. Why would he do that? And so <laughs> it's just, and then, you know, you do more, you engage more with the fandom. It's like, this is normal. The, you, everyone just sort of like, it's a paradise sort of community where everyone just talks to each other. And it's not just vitriol or hate or anything like that. Everyone just loves the characters and, you know, hates the characters that suck and everything like that. It's, it was very odd. I did not expect that at all, <laughs> especially with what you hear about Star Wars fans. It was very jarring. See, and the thing is, so the event that a few of us were at last week was Fandom, Fandom being our host company, um, the ones that host kind of any other wiki site you can think of. Um, it was at their Community Connect, which is essentially an in-person gathering of admins from some of the from some of the largest wikis to do like in-person sessions, in-person feedback and panels. And one of the things that I actually spoke about at length with, um, I believe it was their chief marketing officer, along with Jimmy Wales, the guy that actually founded Wikipedia and co-founded Fandom, was just about like how creators and authors like 
in any capacity. They just want to enjoy this universe with everyone else. They, they just want to talk. They just want to enjoy it with people who are enjoying it as well. They want to be able to just sit down and kind of have those conversations about, you know what? I really like this. And I think yeah, that's I kind of that's kind of an important role that a wiki can play is that we can kind of bridge that gap between the creator and the fan and kind of bring them together just to enjoy this universe together. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people after the rising storm who's like saw Kevin <laughs> Scott really like Jackson's and like who is Jackson? Why does Kevin Scott have this weird obsession with this green <laughs> rabbit character? Well, with Kevin Scott, I think the main thing, and this was a quote from um celebration from the higher public panel it was like cave and scott likes to kill off your favorite character and your second okay. favorite character and your third favorite character and your fourth favorite character but he's not he's just fan, he's just fantastic like all of the uh, all of the authors for higher public especially are just so approachable and down to earth yeah and these new authors are really great um like tessa Gradin. i'm sure you guys are going to be busy tomorrow with the shop the stories of jedi and sith you know that getting added to wikipedia pages or wikipedia pages you know eventually in time but her story on you know the emperor and yoda that was menacing and has me <laughs> actually scared about what like for quest for planet x because she did a great job in that middle grade genre like it was a legitimately fearful story so i'm just like wow she's gonna kill it you know and with path of deceit and you know her solo story coming up next year and it's just there's just so much fantastic stuff coming up and it's like it honestly makes me wish i could just literally just do this all day <laughs> yeah i mean it's i love it i never thought that i'd get to this point like when i first started you know doing these reviews and stuff i was like i did it for fun you know i did it because i love the characters i, I love the fandom and it's like you fast forward 10 months later and you now I have the podcast and I'm interviewing authors and comic book writers and, you know, and artists and it's sort of like insane. I never expected this to happen. It's like the high Republic caused this, you know, I read those books yeah. and fell in love with it. And now it's changed my life, you know, a lot. Like I got a, I got a press pass for Star Wars Celebration. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's just wild to me. I was like, cause I expected to get rejected for that. I didn't tell anyone about it or anything like that. Cause I didn't, you know, you, you're, I'm a book person. I didn't expect to get credit for that. That's for, you know, the people for the bigger sites, the bigger publications. And it's like, yeah. And unfortunately I couldn't go because um, one of my family members were high risk and, you know, they removed the vaccine mandate and yeah. good thing I didn't go because no, oh, well, enforce the masks and stuff. Meanwhile, on the stage, people <laughs> had their masks off and now everyone's getting COVID. So it was better that I didn't go, but it's still wild to me how much this has changed my life. Just one, you know, new era of Star Wars. And that's, that's kind of the cool thing is it's just, this is an era where, especially with, um, with just how, you know, prolific it is on social media is that, you get to connect with these people. You get to connect with the people that are creating this universe and you get to just jointly celebrate it. Yeah, especially like Daniel Jose Older. He's just- Oh, he's fantastic. He's hilarious on social media. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, we've, yeah, we've had a lot of fun with him. Like I first joined when the role-playing was sort of going on. It sort of lessened, but it was after the rising storm and then all the, because Kevin Scott did such a good job of making these characters. I'm not saying Charles Saw or any of the authors didn't, but- he did a very good job making the characters so human. You felt like, okay, we can role play them and such. And the way, you know, Daniel, you know, interacted with those characters at first was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. 
I mean, the dude's just a total, you know, jokester and who will murder our hearts out when we're not looking. Yeah, and then that just goes back to my comment of like, they, they just want to enjoy this universe just like all of us do, even yeah. at the risk of completely shattering us. Oh yeah, I mean, these higher public books, it's like the golden age of Jedi. And um, I pointed this out months ago, but it was hilarious that on Wikipedia was the supposed golden era of the Jedi, the supposed peace of, I forget <laughs> the exact language. It's like, we were promised peace and goldenness and prosperity and we've just gotten trauma. It's we just control. endless trauma. Yeah, this isn't the higher public, this is just the trauma republic. We're just, oh, hey, you read this paragraph, you read this chapter, you like these characters? By the way, they're all dead. Oh, yeah. Like, going back to the Rising Storm, Kevin Scott just hurt all of the characters. Like, <laughs> we're just going to stab Bell through the gut 40 pages in. Like, we're, it's just like, what? He just lost his mat, or his masters, you know, all hidden away, and we're just going to literally give him an, a little gut punch, <laughs> a little gut stabbing, and then, you know, have him survive, and then he get nearly drowned, and then he survives, and then he sees his master, and then his master dies, just like, I don't think people realize, because trauma, tons and tons of trauma, how much <laughs> Kevin Scott hurt Bell Zetafar in that book. Dude just cannot get a break. No. Which <laughs> is great. And I wonder, I'm very excited for his YA um, book coming next year. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with it and how much it's going to hurt. Because he can kill off literally any character now. Because I'm not saying the higher public he couldn't, because he can, and he did. But <laughs> he can he can introduce these characters that we have no idea who they are and just be like, yeah, you're dead die by the end of this book you know just death star it i hope i hope you didn't enjoy these characters yeah and i like how he rolls with the punches that you know kevin scott knows what he did because he <laughs> does know what he did because and the fallen star which was a book that was a slightly more controversial at least within the review space of you know how it was written and such the one difference that I felt between the Rising Storm and the Fallen Star, maybe it was because I was expecting it more in the Fallen Star, all the death, all the destruction, all the mm -hmm. you know, hurt that we got. But in the Rising Storm, everything hurt more than in the Fallen Star. And I can't tell if that's just the writing or because I didn't expect it as much, but it's weird. I just like to applaud Kevin Scott's writing ability there because <laughs> the man can write well. And also he's a workaholic. He just does not stop writing. Oh, he just keeps churning these. He just keeps churning these fantastic stories out one after another. Yeah, like I know he has an upcoming book coming out that it's either coming 2023 or 2024. I think it's a horror novel. He has Path of Vengeance. He has the Yoda comic. He has the new Higher Public comic. He has, uh, you know, Tales of the Rancor, Rancor Pit coming out too. And I'm sure a bunch of other <laughs> stuff. Like he was teasing today how he had to write for Christmas six months early. So he's doing something Christmas related. Fingers crossed for another <laughs> life day, you know, sort of mini series or book or something. I doubt it, but we could hope. But he just does not stop writing. And so, yeah, even putting aside like the Star Wars universe, it's just, it's just endless. Yeah, and it's cool how introducing, you know, fans of Star Wars and stuff to, you know, having these writers write Star Wars works, and then that introduces us them to then to their other works, 
like I would have had no idea who Kevin Scott was for the higher public, but now I love his writing. Like he has this um, mini series coming out called The Ward from Dark Horse Comics that comes out actually this Wednesday and I had the chance to read it early. And it's like, it's amazing. And I probably would have never read it if I didn't you know, fall in love with Kevin Scott's work and just be like, anything he writes, I have trust in. I'm going to read it and I'm going to already know I'm going to love it. <laughs> but yeah, because out of all the higher public authors, I can say confidently that I probably read most of their stuff, you know, in a moment's instant. Yeah, exactly. And you no, know, I, I love that because I always, I'm a big reader. So introducing me to more books and such like that, you know, can't complain, especially when you have an author, you know, you can trust because those are sometimes short supply can be like going and be like, okay, I know I'm going to love this. I know I already like their style and whatnot. Yeah, and you just know you just know based on who the author is and how they are. You just know like I'm gonna enjoy this work. Yeah. So um speaking of like um, I know I talked about books and with stories of Jedi and Sith coming out, so but it's not like a TV show where someone can just watch in 50 minutes and you know just update it immediately. Books take more time to read. So what's the you you see the edits as they come in and people creating um Wikipedia page or Wikipedia pages, how long does that process normally take for people to work through the entire book and get those up, you know, type it all out, summarize, and then get those up on the, you know, Wikipedia pages? So that's where things get interesting in that we don't really have any sort of organization in that sense, um, just by virtue of the fact that everything is volunteer-based, people just work on what interests them. So it's not as simple as say, okay, you have this book, your task is to do this series of articles. It's someone just comes in, decides that they want to do it. So some things might get updated within like a day or two of the book launch. Some might take a couple of weeks. It's just kind of when somebody gets to it. Yeah, because it's interesting because some comics I noticed don't get updated. They, they'll take more time to get updated. And same yeah. some books that don't necessarily have such a, I guess, fervent, sort of excitement behind it like every higher public book there's excitement behind it people are going to read and such but some of the lesser books well i shouldn't say lesser some of the less publicized books don't necessarily get that sort of reception yeah and it's and that's that's where it kind of comes into um we're always looking for new people to join the site um and new people are always welcome um just by virtue of the fact there's just there's just so much to do yeah, and you see it, um, you know, some books, you know, some of them have very detailed sort of summaries and uh, chapter, you know, breakdowns and all that. And some of them just have sort of the synopsis and that's sort of really it. Like there'll be some character appearances and that's sort of really it, which is, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, and it really is. And uh, by all means, if anyone who's watching this wants to join, please reach out. I mean, we'll be more than happy to uh, to get you started. Um, we're always more than happy to. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. For, yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to join, please, you know, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know what I was doing there. But, um, <laughs> so, when people update articles and such, is what's sort of the process? Say someone wants to create a new Wikipedia page for a character. Can you sort of explain what the process is 
for doing so. Yeah, for sure. So there's two different ways you can do it. You can either create a red link on a page and that would be, uh, it's very hard for me to actually describe it, uh, but that would be essentially you would create a link on an article, say if you're going through, I'll use Brotherhood by Mike Chen, Mike Chen as an example. Um, you would say create a link on that page um, using two uh, squared brackets. Click on that and that'll take you to a new page. Or at the top right of your screen, if you're on desktop, you can hover over the little three dots and click on add new page. That will then give you the creating a new article box where you put in the title um, and then it guides you from there. All right, so if anyone wants to create a new page for any sort of characters, you know, glup shitters as people <laughs> like to say, um, yeah, feel free to do so. So just some, you know, general questions now. Are you a higher public fan at all? Or I take it you are considering the way you talked before about it. I am. I'm just incredibly behind on everything. Um, <laughs> just by virtue of again, just how much stuff is coming out um, and how often I tend to get kind of pulled into uh, rabbit holes on the site where I'll just kind of start at one point and then two hours later, oh, I'm fixing an image link that was created like 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be interesting, you know, these pages get updated constantly, so it's just like, <laughs> you get sort of, you open this, you know, hole of um, this closet, I, you could say, and it's like, oh, wow, there's like all dusty in here, it needs to get fixed. Up. <laughs> that's what happens when I start, when, whenever you start going through like any of our old forum, uh, any of our old forum links from like 10, 12, 14 years ago, and it's like, I know who these names are, but I've never in my life met any of these people who like started the site yeah i feel like that's how a lot of people feel or must see like legends characters who came mm. out in the 90s <laughs> just like appeared once and then never appeared again mm -hmm. it's like and you can tell from some of the images and stuff for some of these characters that the pictures are really old and no one's seen this page you know, <laughs> person who's clicked on the page in the past decade or something but yeah and the higher public hiatus, I'd say, it's I dislike it. <laughs> Me personally, as a fan, because I'm always like, we got fed so much from phase two to phase three. It's just like I miss it so much. But it's also <laughs> really um, nice to sort of have the chance to read other Star Wars books now, because in this hiatus, something I've noticed is they're putting out a lot more books that are not higher public related. Yeah, they're very good when it comes to actually like planning releases and releasing content at the time where it's going to have you know, the peak impact on fans. Yeah, it, I one thing at the Heart Public Star that I really hope, and I'm sure you know people on Wikipedia who do the descriptions and stuff hope to do it too, because some of the descriptions can be very confusing, is the concept art that they gave us for the Heart Public characters. <laughs> I think they should do that for all the literary characters. I mean, yes, just please. invest a little bit more money and such because it is, it's so weird getting a visual medium for some of these characters. Like Kara Zhu, for example, I would have never expected her to look like that. <laughs> it's so easy now to picture her, you know, and same thing with like some of the characters like Jira Staros, you know, Lena So, that we saw her in the comic, you know, that little cameo. Yeah, issue one, but some of these characters they're so hard to imagine because the authors can do the best they can to describe them, but ultimately, and this is great about the high public, it's sort of what Justina Ireland said about the panel about inclusivity. Everyone should be receiving themselves in the higher public is 
they do a lot of alien species and some of them are just very hard to imagine yeah and you end up with kind of this um you have kind of this mental image of what you expect them to look like and it's always interesting to compare that to what they actually end up looking like you know what what did you mentally get right what did you mentally get wrong yeah i don't think like take a character like skier who is a Trandoshan who doesn't look like the typical Trandoshan <laughs> that we know. We, we've got a few Trandoshans only, but it's like the dude's buff and the dude's not as tall, or <laughs> might not be as tall. And it's just like, okay, if I, I didn't really picture him like that in Light of the Jedi, but I can see it now that we have him in the High Republic main comic series. I can see it like it's, you get so much better, you can process so much better when you have a visual image to go by yeah and it just it, it just enhances your experience yeah uh, it, especially because we're in an age of star wars where we have no visual basis basically there's yeah. no this isn't a this is a brand new era of star wars everything's new like even the vectors in the sky you know i'm still very confused about how the inside of a vector works i would <laughs> very much like to see a inside view of the cockpit sometime <laughs> soon because at first, I thought it was all sort of like force touch based, and you know, you go through and it's like, okay, there is a throttle on there, but you can't see part of it in the comic because they just do cockpit views from like front <laughs> on. You see the characters and you can see the edges of it. And like, I'm very confused about how these work, <laughs> especially when you have Loading Greatstone, who's like a master pilot in Light of the Jedi who just does a bunch of different things at once. And you're just like, how are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Loading Greatstone. Dude was hilarious. You have this amazing Jedi, absolutely hilarious, pushes his Padawan off a cliff just for fun, and then he dies in a horrible fashion. <laughs> the High Republic for you. I'm trying to think, who was it that wrote his death? Um, Kevin Scott. Yeah, of course it was Kevin. Of course it was Kevin. Kevin. Of Kevin course it was Kevin. Scott Kevin. knows what he did. Kevin, if you're watching this, we love you, but why? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Like we, he's probably one of my favorite authors, if not my favorite author. And the Rising Storm is my favorite book of all time. But holy shit, does it hurt? Every <laughs> I did my my High Republic reread because I haven't touched, I haven't reread Light of the Jedi since I first read it, and I haven't reread the Rising Storm cover to cover since um I first read it. I, I'll read bits and pieces of it and listen to the audiobook because shout out to Mark Thompson, he does a fantastic martial. Oh, sorry. Markion Row monologue. Oh yes, yeah. yes. In those chapters, it's like wow. He does this. His voice is so distinctive, but also it's so jarring. People say Marcion and Markion, and then Marcion in one book, and then Markion in the next book. I'm just like, you really couldn't just done Marcion. It would have been so much easier. <laughs> Especially because it's, at least in my opinion, sounds better. It sounds smoother. It goes better with the the voice of him the supreme leader of the nile and it's also like nile now and just like oh great it's so confusing i guess the thing that everyone was mentally pronouncing the wrong way the entire time yeah and it's like you think they just change be like okay that's cool we'll go with the flow it's like the one time the higher public sort of bucked the trend and <laughs> went against the flow but it, it's interesting you know i anyway. sure did get conversation going though Oh yeah, I really did. It's like and it, the thing is, 
if it was the general fandom, people would be like, this is why Star Wars sucks. They can't even get pronunciation right. But here we're just like, it's a joke, kind of. It's just a running joke. Yeah, they're just having fun at this point. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back after this quick break. All right, I'm going to... And we are back with my interview with Wikipedia. So my next question would be, because we were talking about, you know, high public characters. If you had to pick, what would you say, what would you say your favorite high public character is? It's so hard because I've had so many where it's like, I'm like, oh, this is a really cool character. I like, oh, and they're dead. Yeah, that's like the running joke in the high public. It's sort of like, oh my gosh, I love this character. Oh, nope. Oh, but nope. Yep, I remember I was reading, I can't even remember which book it was now at this point, but it's like the first chapter, it's like, oh, these are some pretty cool characters, this is it, oh, they're all dead. Second chapter, all right, we're off to a good start, these are some really nice characters, this is really, oh, they're dead. Then the third chapter, okay, you know what, this time they have to live, these are some great characters, I'm liking their backstory, oh, and they just died in hyperspace. Yeah, I think it's Light of the Jedi, because- Light of the Jedi, yes, it was. Because they all just sort of- die at first and it's just like oh well, that's an interesting way to start the supposed golden era of star wars that was the point where i just kind of stopped trying to have a favorite character i'm just like i'm just going to enjoy these characters as they come because i know they're probably going to die yeah you know like the jedi i have to part of the reason i have to reread it is because i'm still very confused about the whole um well not necessarily confused but i didn't process it very well the whole emergencies and such like everyone just sort of died at first you don't really <laughs> feel it because there's so much you're trying to understand and it's not really a fault of Charles soul because you know he did what he had to do and there's like sort of no way around it everyone they have to die at first it's just and you're just sort of processing so much you're processing the error you're processing these brand new ships these brand new characters and you just sort of the death is like does not compute it's like yeah thing that just gets ejected because you're trying to think of so much else and then you have all these living characters and it's like and all these different planets and you're just like okay this is a lot <laughs> granted he did do a good job of introducing everyone you know at first and then they all die or lots of them die <laughs> and then you get like that loaded on great storm one where it's just like he just manhandled everyone on um Alfrona. <laughs> yeah he's just like you're gonna do what i say or else i'm just like this would have never fired in the prequels that's how you just know this is so different from the prequels because this dude is light-hearted this dude is you know a jokester sort of but he's also deadly serious and he will like do these threats and absolutes and whatnot and it's just like <laughs> this is a totally different era of star wars wow he he, he just he's not holding back no, and it's just, it's it's such a different era with such a different feeling. But then at the core of it, you still kind of feel that same kind of that same giddy excitement you felt when you'd first see, you know, a new hope um, in theaters. You know, you yeah. still kind of get that that same kind of core warm feeling of we're back. Yeah, it's like it really does feel like pure Star Wars. And it's interesting because reading, you know, prequel era stuff like Padawan that I just finished. And then reading a higher public thing, it makes you want to sort of pull my hair out in a way because the higher public Jedi are so free, they're so expressive. They I don't want to say they can do what they want, but they're in tune with their feelings. They can actually, I don't want to say prequel Jedi can't feel, but they're sort of emotionally repressed, all of them. 
or somewhat emotionally repressed. Meanwhile, you have these high republic Jedi who just like, I don't say, they don't give into their feelings, but they're actually more human. They're able to like feel things and like go through love and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's kind of it's very it's very different than what you're kind of used to hearing from um, from the Jedi Order, where it's like you know you have to be detached. You can't be you know you can't have these attachments. It's sort of like what if the Jedi were actually human, as opposed to sort of like robots that people describe them as in the prequel. Yeah, because like feelings don't feel them. You know, the Force is the only thing you should have feelings for. That you know that it's interesting how much and it's going to be interesting to see why we get to that point you know like the nameless and the leveler definitely a reason why we get there and same thing with um marky and i don't know have you read eye of the storm that um, not yet not yet okay. no all right then i won't um spoil what happens <laughs> there but like what he does to the galaxy <laughs> he just dude is like a more epic villain than the chancellor i think sort of kind <laughs> of because He's just, I guess, more brave about it than the Chancellor. He did all the stuff behind the scenes, and Marky and Rose just like, nope, I'm just gonna pummel planet after planet and do it that way. He's like, we're going right for the chaos. Yeah, and it, it, it people wonder how did the Republic in you know the original trilogy, the Republic were a band of rebel, or you know the the rebels that became the new republic they're like they're a band of rebels they're a small group how do they take down the empire and then you see the nile who are just a a few thousand members strong bigger than the rebels and they have you know more power but same principle that a few thousand people can absolutely bring the galaxy to its knees if they do the right things yeah you end up going with the whole theory of like a death by a thousand cuts where you just keep hitting blow after blow after blow at certain key locations it's going to have an impact yeah, like, and especially when they did Valo, you remove the Jedi's hope, and then you're the fallen stars, and then that beacon is gone. And it's like, they were, the chance that just need to stop making great works. That's like the joke that's going <laughs> on in the higher public fandom, because every time she makes a great work, it goes horribly wrong. It just gets <laughs> destroyed. So can she just stop? It saved money and death and destruction and lives and all that. And, you know, one of my, um, friend shout out to Imri Contaros that that um role-playing account they made a joke does the republic have insurance on this stuff and I'm just <laughs> like that's a legitimately good question please please tell me that the chancellor had insurance all this stuff and if she did well I think she's gonna need to find I don't think any company is now gonna insure her stuff anymore because well, it'll just get we, destroyed we have an article on an, an insurer but that's from legends from some of the old West End games role-playing books and that's looks like that's specifically to do with insurance salesmen, but I don't see an article for like actual insurance per se. That's in, you know that's an interesting question because does Star Wars have insurance? You think they do, but also people get their ships destroyed and then it sort of ruins them. It's not like car insurance where it's mandatory. So it's like, oh, here we go, here we go. Category: insurance and insurance companies. So we have intergalactic no flight fault insurance which is from Star Tours. We have, and we have five different insurance companies. We have Core, we have Allied Life Incorporated. We have Core Health and Life Insurance Consortium, Galacticon Insurance, 
Maltset Insurance Company, and Tatooine Planetary Insurance Company. Well, it's cool that Star Wars has insurance. I did not know that. Huh. And I really hope that these people have insurance because they're going to need it. It would appear these are all in Legends, though, so I cannot guarantee that uh, anyone in canon actually has insurance. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to doubt it, but I feel like someone would have mentioned insurance by this point. But then again, people didn't mention, start mentioning the higher public till 2020 and like Star Wars books and comics and all that. Yeah, so... Who knows? They could just have general amnesia to someone invent Star Wars ins- or bring Star Wars insurance back in the canon, and then everyone suddenly remembers, oh, insurance, that exists. We need it. I guess I should probably tweet out about insurance now and cause Twitter to have chaos. Yeah. Oh, God, that would be fun. <laughs> just doing a, an interview with GS Reviews. Good question. Does Star Wars have insurance? Because honestly, that it's a good question. Does I mean, you think they would. But apparently they don't. But it's also like one of those things that you think that it's like a necessity almost. Well, time to tweet out about insurance, it would seem. I bet you never expected to tweet that out on the Wikipedia account. Well, let's see. All right, which one of them should we do? Allied Life, Core Health, Galacticon, Maltset, or Tatooine? What's your pick? Go with Core Health. All right, Core Health and Life Insurance Consortium. Oh, I really hope the Jedi have lighted the higher public Jedi had life insurance. I mean, mm-hmm. they Especially probably don't that's... because no I mean, one's if... there to benefit from them, but also, like, they probably should after <laughs> everything. Especially anyone that Cave and Scott had any interaction with. Just we need to, we just need to protect them. Yeah, just like put them in bubble wrap, you know. <laughs> though I don't think there's any way they can be protected in phase three, you know, with levelers and all that coming to get them. You know, Daniel Jose Yoda singing Shiri Karai Karai over and over again in our nightmares. <laughs> God, that was, you know, he is, a, I don't know if you know this, you probably did, but he um, used to compose music and stuff and all that. And it, he wrote the, um, it was in Tempest Runner that Shiri Karai Karai first appeared. And he actually wrote that, or I think he wrote it. I know he did the music for it, though. Like the, um, the, the music for the um for the riddle song whatever you want to call it which little fun fact for anyone listening so. there you go we have tweeted out about i've done up a little graphic for life insurance and is now tweeted fantastic that's that's fun that's <laughs> something i never would have expected from the <laughs> actually here i'll i'll tag you so you can find it oh thank you but the great debate begins about life insurance or insurance in general in star wars also been like six times already which is oh wow so that's this is good this, we're, we're starting something here i mean we already created a bread and water cult uh a bread so, and you know water what? cult oh you need to explain that okay so just for just for fun though i have a lot i do our twitter account as well i'm, I'm kind of our big social media person so i do our twitter i do our youtube and i assist on our instagram for an entire day, I did nothing but tweet about bread in the Star Wars universe, complete with graphics. Um, then, I, And I also tweeted out about water in Legends, which led to people thinking, oh, wait, water isn't canon anymore? What, what happened? Oh, my gosh. So, of course, then, you know, after a couple hours of chaos, then I tweeted out about canon water, and everyone was rejoicing that water was back. Water was gone for hours, but don't you worry, water is back. I mean... 
I, I, I'm glad people actually, I'm sure it was a joke and stuff that people, but I'm oh, sure there were so a few people who actually thought, oh my gosh, water got removed from stone. What did <laughs> Disney do now? And then meanwhile, if they just read or you know looked at anything Star Wars, <laughs> they would have realized that water does still exist. And of course, there was one I tweeted about ducks. Yeah. Oh, ducks, really? Oh yeah, ducks exist. Ducks exist in Star Wars. Interesting. I mean, that one came courtesy of Matt, or that one came at the request of Matt Martin. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was I was talking to Matt Martin, like Lucas of Lucas from Story Group, and I was joking mm-hmm. about like how we were having a lot of fun with this, and he's like, you should do ducks. That's like my favorite one. And I'm like, all right, you've requested, I have to do it now. You know, honestly, now I want Daniel Jose Odo to make like a duck sentient species. Oh no, because he just he just does a bunch of crazy species. I just wanted to do <laughs> a duck sentient species now, like a little cameo in in his one of his upcoming you know comics or graphic novels. I which is we on. have to. Yeah, I, I want to see like a duck with human legs and a duck face and a duck body holding a lightsaber. Now I need that. I need that in my life. I mean, you know what? This, you know, yeah, it just has to happen. Now, yeah, oh god, it, now it does have to happen. That'd be epic, though. That'd be fun. I mean, it's Daniel Jose Older, so if I tweet it out at him, I half expect him to actually do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you probably actually can't because you know legal there's stuff. Certain, and yeah, all there's that. there's certain rules. But if he could do it, I think he probably would do it just for the shits and giggles of it. <laughs> like, I am the High Republic Lord of Chaos. I just, just, I just, fun. just give me more in-universe food. Or better yet, yeah, give me more, give me more about Ronto wraps because those things are actually delicious. You know, it's interesting because the High Republic, we have gone surprisingly little about food. Like we've had interactions while people eat, but they're actually few and far between. Which is interesting. I think we've only been to Starlight Cafeteria once or twice. And that's it, actually, I think. I know there was maybe that no, there was a bonfire scene in Mission of Disaster, I think. But I'm not sure if they ate. No, they were eating. I'm not trying to do the higher public itinerary in my mind of seeing when do these characters eat and what do they eat? I honestly just want to go back to Galaxy's Edge now and have another Ronto wrap. I'm actually I've never been to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we were there last week, so one of our we ended up meeting up with one of our other site administrators there after uh, Community Connect was done, and we ended up just chilling there for, at Galaxy's Edge for like a full for a couple hours, and that was just a blast. Uh, I, I want to eventually. I'll get there, you know, maybe in like five years when all this stuff's calmed down. <laughs> I can confirm that uh, Ronto wraps are indeed quite delicious. Highly recommend them. Definitely yeah. worth it. Also, I feel like because I'm good friends with Blue Milk, Blue Milk Mama, I feel like I gotta try something blue there. You know, oh, you have to. Yeah, I mean, st- blue food in Star Wars, like teal food, that, that's the best, you know? You just know it's going to be good. Yeah, it's interesting how much teal food there is in Star Wars, because I'm a teal <laughs> guy, and it's like, does did George Lucas like teal food or something? Did, did he like putting, is it like Percy Jackson, where the character likes blue food, or blue desserts, and stuff <laughs> like that, where he needs the food to be blue? It's it just has to be different. It has to be, you know, Star Wars, you know, we talked about this earlier, but it really is just sort of for everyone and all types of food and all types of life. <laughs> Don't you worry. If you want food, there's all different colors for you. There's a rainbow assortment. 
It probably is actually. <laughs> I'm probably I'm sure there's red water on one planet that we just don't know about. Someone run with that, please. That'd be interesting. You know, I mean, you know, someone's you we just know somebody's going to, and then we'll be the first ones to find it because you know the devil works faster, but Wikipedia editors work faster. Yeah, I mean, I feel like buckets of blood that would have been hilarious if you found went to a planet where the water was red like blood and you just drank it (laughs) and brought literal buckets of it. That would have been hilarious. I mean, I get buckets of blood because he's the medical guy and he likes being called buckets of blood for some weird reason, which I love, you know, the high Republic, what are you going to, it's just chaos and fun and laughs and tears, you know, you're going to cry one way or another. (laughs) Joy, tears of laughter, tears of sadness. You should get all three, you know, it's three for one. Just buy Kevin Scott's The Rising Storm and you'll feel all three. Because, yeah, he's, he's great. Oh, good times. Just, just good times. Yeah, the higher public's just good times in general. But um, so sort of wrapping this up, do you have any like parting comments, your parting knowledge you wish to um, put on the listeners or anything like that? Something you want people to know about running a wiki or a little piece of Star Wars knowledge or anything like that? Well, I guess I can, I can do two things. Let me find the article here. So the first thing I always do is I torture everyone with knowledge about Argo 6. And anyone who's looked at any podcasts that we've done recently will know about Argo 6, which, and I quote, a molecular dentist on Argo 6 performing a routine molar cracking uncovered a tiny but complex farm in the mouth of one of her patients. Say what? Uh, Yes. Um, All members of a family residing on the celestial body maintained, and I should point out, this is a non-canon article from a concept art book. I figured as much because I was like, but this is canon. Point me in the right direction right now. um, All members of a family residing on the celestial body maintained miniature farms in their mouths, which helped provide them with sustenance. The farm in the mouth of one member of the family contained fields of alfalfa, chicken coops, and a complex irrigation system. And I can see the look on your face right now where, like, you're trying to mentally process this and figure out what exactly this means. You will not. I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense in the sense that you have, you know, whales and amoebas where, you know, fish will attach on the whale and sort of that'll be their area, their ecosystem. But it's basically the, an entire house or a little, quote unquote, their tiny little planet inside a person's mouth. To go deeper into that, um, which included, this is from one of, the, one of the members of the family, which included fields of alfalfa on the tongue, chicken coops lining the throat, and an irrigation system between the incisors. To prevent a form of crop rotation, the dentist halted the procedure and prescribed mouthwash to defend against compost breath. <laughs> I'm wondering how they grew that stuff because, like, if it was on the tongue, wouldn't it just go down when they swallowed or something? Just, just, you, you won't trust me. I'm trying to process this, <laughs> and also I don't mean to be gross, but like, what if the person like vomited or something? Would it, like the f- whole family get ejected out <laughs> like a mudslide type deal? And how do they not like get drowned and stuff when the person drank water? This is all from um, Monsters crushed. and Aliens. This is all from Monsters and Aliens from George Lucas, um, a 1993 book that was, it contained a lot of um, a lot of old concept arts and ideas that just kind of never got used. 
yeah i can see why this never got here <laughs> i don't know the i mean granted this has never stopped george lucas or anyone in star wars before but i'm trying to figure out the practicality of it there there is none no i'll be i'll, I'll, I'll say this I can honestly imagine the people, I'm honestly imagining right now the people in this, you know, farm, this family, this little community looks exactly like the people that Daniel Jose Older drew for that concept art oh, last God. week at Celebration. <laughs> they have to look exactly like that. Those weird little cavemen thing that surprisingly look like tiny bits, like human and teeth now realizing that they kind of look like that. Like it's weird, but I cannot get that image out of my head now. So thank you for that cursed image now. You are welcome. This is what I do to literally everybody um, on social media. Yeah, God, now I got it. Uh, you're going to spend the next two to three hours, and this is going to keep popping up in your head, and you're going to be like, what the hell did I hear? And yeah. you're welcome for that. Yeah, no, no, no. Or just like, take a look at Stellan Geos or something and just try to burn this out of my mind. I think you can't. See, this is what Wikipedia does. We have everything. Yeah, that's including things good. you would never even have imagined. A blessing and a burden, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cursed with this knowledge, therefore now you and all of your listeners are cursed with this knowledge. You should totally, you know, tweet that out tomorrow or something like that. Just be like, oh, I will. <laughs> it's oh, it is that is. You can't process terms, it. You but in terms of um, in terms of like parting words of wisdom about like an actual wiki site, um, the greatest thing about a wiki site is just that. Anyone can contribute to it. It's, there are no, other than like, you know, some guidelines about like how to write things. Everyone is more than welcome to join. There's, there's no rules about who can and cannot join. As long as you have a desire to help improve the site and improve your own knowledge, there's no barriers. You can do whatever you want. It's inclusive, like Star Wars. You know, Star exactly. Wars is for everyone, except when there's live stream celebration and skip all the important panels and stuff like that. <laughs> Yes, I should say thank you to all those on uh, on Twitter who DM'd me afterwards uh, with terrible recordings of these uh, of these private trailers. Thank you for actually thinking of me and giving me that insight. <laughs> oh yeah, and it was like they basically they did these um the publishing panels and the compounds. Those were not live streamed, but they felt the need to just come like do repeat of Willow and Andor trailers on the Galaxy <laughs> stage instead of just like. In the, in the horror public group chat that i'm in we were just like losing our minds over this we're just like really you're really doing this you it's just it was very frustrating to say the least so i was just looking at the utini thread that they were doing because they were really publishing the <laughs> news live afterwards they wait days afterwards i'm just like okay we tweet this oh look at what's coming now I'm just it was a mess <laughs> it was just a chaotic mess and then when i post the higher public news for the um the um, panel luckily that was live stream you know it was a 15 minute delay so everyone was really upset at first they're like oh they promised they'd live stream it and there was this 15 minute delay but it was like the last i suppose 10 minutes of the stream where they did all the concept art and book release dates for, for phase one or well, not release dates covers for phase one of wave two or no wave one of phase two and yeah. then did the um book title announcements for phase two wave two i was just like screenshot you know all the concepts screenshot posts screenshot <laughs> posts a screenshot on my ipad edited on my phone tweeted out just it was i had this whole process going on it was like chaotic mess and i love it you know i, I wouldn't trade it for the world because i just I, I love it the higher public and tweeting it out and seeing people freak out with me i, I suppose like but how the authors feel like when they you know get all this positive feedback 
about the book, seeing people freak out with me about all the news that I put out and saying, oh my gosh, this cover is amazing. I mean, I tagged George Mann like three or four times that night and he would chew on my stuff. And it's like, I'm sorry I tagged you so much. He's like, no, thank you. And it's just like, it's really <laughs> wild what I'm able to do now because of this era in Star Wars. And I'm really forever grateful about it. So um yeah, if you have if do you have any other words to say before I for the end of the episode? No, I think that's that's a good one to end on. It's just that Star Wars has a place for everybody, and that the only requirement to being a Star Wars fan is that you like Star Wars. That's it's the easiest club to get into. Yeah, it really is. You know, that and that's a good thing about you know pop culture and stuff. You know, uh, especially with Star Wars, is there's a character for you. You just have to find it. Exactly. Hopefully, they don't die right off the bat. Oh, yeah, that, that's you. Yeah, that's a pretty yeah. big one. Well, thank you from SE, from Wikipedia, for joining me for this interview podcast episode. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. All right. Thank you for listening to episode six of Geos Reviews, the interview podcast. This has been an interview conducted with one of the admins of Wikipedia with the Star Wars Wiki. As always, if you have any feedback or any comments at all, please do not hesitate to share them. Thank you so much for listening.